NBA basketball fans, welcome back to the NBA Playoff Banter Podcast. He's Marshall, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk about the NBA world champion Denver Nuggets with a win, a tight win, I may add, over the Miami Heat. Competitive game throughout. Um, Miami got up by, like, what, 10? That was short-lived, um, just like a lead um, for, you know, Denver um, in the fourth quarter and whatnot. But a very competitive game, close all the way down to the end. We'll talk about, you know, down the stretch, we'll talk about the game in general. And then we'll put, you know, a nice bow on the series and on the year. We definitely like to thank everybody that's joined us since college basketball was done for the NBA playoffs. Just a heads up, just a reminder, we do, um, you know, if there's some kind of major draft trade that night in a couple weeks, we'll probably do a show. But other than that, this will be our last show until free agency. We always do kind of a, you know, a free agency show. So that'll be, you know, first week of July, something like that, whenever shit pops off. So uh, just a heads up there. Um, before we get into it, if this is your first time listening to the NBA Playoff ban- Banter Podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Rope It Open Radio. However, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and Rope It Open if you don't want to. You can find the uh, NBA podcast here under the platform of Rope and Dope Radio on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Player FM, TuneIn, Spricker, Stitcher, and a whole host of other ones. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegrillingtruth.com and Sports News 24. One more thing, get your TV together without the hassle of cable. There's a whole lot of deals going on on DirecTV Stream. Stream the best entertainment in sports live entertainment and sports, starting with 75 live channels. Plus, learn how to get premium channels included for the first three months with qualifying packages. No annual contracts, no hidden fees. Sign up today, DirecTV Stream. They have, uh, you save $30 um, for three months if you sign up. The first package starts at $64.99 tax, uh, plus tax, I should say. That's DirecTV Stream. Okay. Let's go ahead and bring in my co-host to the frame here. Um, first and foremost, how you doing, Marshall? I'm really glad that we got a competitive game. Um, you know, by the end of the fourth or the end of the third quarter, and then you know by mid fourth quarter, last game, game four, it was like, yeah, this is a blowout. This this game's done. So it was really nice, although it was kind of an ugly defensive battle. Um, both teams were hitting big shots down the stretch, and like I said, at least we got a game out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I was not surprised because if you look at the resume of the Heat this year in the playoffs, this team never really quit at all. When you came back from three to one against Boston, um, so it, I was I was not shocked to see them put up a good fight. Um, I'm sure some people were surprised to see them win the first half, but not really. This team has had dogs all year, and one team can only win a title. But, I mean, for a silver medal, not that I'm sure Jimmy Butler gives a shit, but if this was the Olympics, the Heat had a pretty good year. This was a team that was like two, it was either 250 to 1 to win the title after they lost their first playing game to Atlanta. 
So I Tuna would say was, great year considering. Oh yeah, I, I mean obviously yeah, you gotta put things in perspective, but I mean this team had a hell of a season, and almost every team they played in the playoffs was not quite as skilled, or I should say, the, the other the teams they played in the playoffs, Chris had more skill than they did per se. More but, talent for sure. Uh, yeah, more talent, and and they end up going to the finals, and you lose you lose in five to a, a good team. Um, I mean, it's not like the finals was just a walkthrough. Denver definitely had to earn it. Um, so, yeah, it, it was entertaining. Again, a silver medal is well worth it to Miami. But to give Denver credit, first NBA title in their franchise history. And this is a team who, for the past three to four years, if you were a Nuggets fan, which neither of us are, but you kind of had to feel in your head, okay, like, hey, we this team has a chance. But every year – whether it was like home court or a top seed or just like a competitive season, someone got hurt. And pretty much it was normally Murray. So the Murray, Jokic, Batman, and Robin combination never quite worked out because one was always hurt. And now you finally had a year where you had the home court, you had a good record, your players were healthy, you've been able to grow up your uh, developmental players, and you're able to win a ring. Um, So hats off to them. Um, this was a team that, despite being pretty good the whole year, Chris, the media just never really quite loved this team. I'm not saying they hated them, but obviously when you got the Warriors and the Lakers and the East Coast of like Philly and you know um, and, Phoenix and Boston and, yeah, and right. it, it they, they were they the hadn't best. done anything yet per se. So, True, you know, some they, of that was warranted, but some yeah. of that was overlooked though too. It, it, it was. They were a very quiet like social media darling, but they have rings on their fingers this year. So hats off to Jokic. Um, say what you want about the guy, but um, he again tonight was just outstanding, just top to bottom. The guy, he plays kind of an old school, slow paced game, but he's the reason, the main reason why they're kind of on the nets tonight. Yeah. And let's not forget what Murray did for this whole series as well. Like you said, Batman and Robin, fits perfectly with them and you know in this day and age of uh you know now 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 type stuff when now no matter what you know we talked about it going into this series Marshall how they didn't fire the coach they didn't make crazy trades because of you know now they made trades to be competitive you know in the year that they did at Murray and you know they made tweaks and trades and stuff like that that's normal but Coming off that conference final run in the bubble, uh, that next year, um, they were doing really good. And I believe that's when they made the, if I remember correctly, I think that's when they made the Gordon trade. And then a hand, maybe what, a month or a few weeks, something like that. Um, oh, that's when Murray got hurt. Didn't play at all last year. They still got the sixth seed. Um, and yeah, they've developed and developed and developed and, 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 they're just a fine-tuned oil machine, like we've said, going into this stuff. And, and they improved just enough defensively um, to win a championship, and especially when it counted in their length in those rebounds. Those offensive rebounds were so crucial. And uh, I was just thinking, man, if my Timberwolves would have beat Denver round one, we would have won the – oh, forget it. Um uh, but I'm glad that, you know what, you actually need bigs to beat Denver, not just one either. 
So maybe the Wolves aren't so crazy with, with what they, you know, got in that trade and stuff like that. But let's get back to the actual game. Um, Miami started out really – it kind of felt like, uh-oh, Denver's going to blow this fucking thing out. They were 0 of 11 for field goal. It was like 14 to 5 or something like that at the midway point. Miami made a nice run, tied it up, you know, actually got a nice little – well, somewhat of a lead. Uh, Bam had like eight straight buckets. Um, you could just kind of see. And they also went to zone again. They didn't play – I don't think they played any zone uh, in game four. But Jokic had two falls. Gordon had two falls. I mean, DeAndre Jordan was in the game, for Christ's sake. Um, and, you know – Credit, though, to, to Miami for keeping, you know, just hanging in there. It was 24-22 at the end of the first. Murray picked up his second fall. I think they were combined in early in the second. I think they were a combined like 2 of 16 at the time from 3, and that only got worse. Miami hit some of them, but the, it was a really ugly game when it came to that. And you could just tell Miami was really physical tonight, really going for it. I think Gordon picked up his third fall somewhere like early in the second as well, if I remember correctly. Um, and they opened it up to 39-29, uh, Miami did. And I think it was a three-point by Duncan Robinson in, a, in a, I think, a drive. Um, so it was like an 18-point turnaround from that bad start, but Denver popped right back into it um, and, uh, you know, was able to cut into it enough to where it was only 51-44 to at half. Um Porter was keeping him in. He had like nine points, eight rebounds, had a really nice uh, drive and dunk to the lane. Um, and, you know, it, it was a grinded out type game, the whole game, like we've mentioned. Um, and they managed to, um, Denver, get it back to 60-60. He took the lead uh, late in the third quarter um, with Porter, I think, made a three, got up 69 66 uh, I think it was Bam had 20 and 10. Jokic at that point, 18, 14, and four assists. Porter had 16 and 12. Um, Denver was eight of 17 from the free throw line. Um, in a, in a quick 5-0 run, I think Murray hit a three. Denver goes up 75, 71. A few bad turnovers, which we'll talk about later by Miami. Um, and I think Denver at that point was three of 23 or something like that from three. I mean, it was, it was ugly from three overall, but Lowry did hit a three. Um, you know, both teams were playing defense by that time, and there were some really good blocks. They, you know, Denver kind of caught up on the blocks. I think it was seven to seven at one point after being like seven to one or whatever, six to one. Gordon had that really great block um, on Lowry. And at that point, it's 81 to 76. And I'm thinking, all right, dude, you know, Miami at that point, it was halfway through the fourth. There were two or three from field goal. KCP hit a three. It's 86 79. I'm like, oh boy, here we go. This is not looking good. Jimmy hit back to back threes, fouled on a three that Malone did uh, challenge. That was a little bit closer of a call than I thought the broadcast was saying. I can understand the, the kick. Um, no doubt he did kick his, I think, his left foot. Um, but he was kind of fading to the side, so that is kind of a natural movement. But definitely didn't foul him as far as Porter. 
but he was close up and the was there a landing spot I think that's what they were looking at but either way um it did I kind of felt when KCP hit that three that okay this is the time that they usually pull away Denver and uh you know Jimmy went off in the last little bit he had a rough game until that last little bit uh 8-0 run and next thing you know it's 87-86 man and, and here we are the one thing that was kind of driving me a little nuts as far as just watching the game is when they kept getting Jokic like right on the elbow with like Martin or Lowry or some small dude and it's like dude you gotta you gotta send somebody dude and they can't hit a three right now make them give up the ball or something I thought that was a little loosey-goosey there and, and they made him pay Jokic made him pay down the stretch on that um what did you think of the last few minutes, though? Because obviously we'll go over, uh, you know, the last couple of shots and misses and, and turnovers and stuff. I really thought that Jokic just, he was in the right place at the right time. And the Heat were kind of like shit out of luck on offense. Because, as you mentioned, Denver did a great job of, like, closing out. I, I really thought the way that the Heat moved the ball playoffs that they would have some like chances to hit threes, but every time there was like a swing that would normally result in a open shot, Denver closed out. So if you can't swing and hit a three, your natural reaction is to drive to the basket. But and I'm not even saying that Jokic is like an elite defender, but he's a tall bastard. And the Heat had about four or five shots in the later part of the fourth quarter that they literally just had to adjust due to his height or couldn't shoot over him. So it was like, all right, open three. Nope, close out. Okay, drive to the basket. Oh, shit, Jokic is too tall. Like, they kind of were in no man's land. And there was just a handful of shots where it's like, damn, Jokic was just chilling there. So you got to do a floater. Or he he deterred, like, Bam or Jimmy from going up for a dunk. So... The Nuggets' defense in the fourth quarter, whether it was by spacing, a little bit of luck, and just by pure out hustle, effort, and height, really did limit the Heat. Because in the first half, when you're if you're watching that game, the Heat were kind of getting their shots at will. They were driving, dishing, kicking. I was the, watching the game, by the way. The, the Nuggets weren't just recovering and moving that well. But to tip the cap, the last yeah, handful of minutes, there, there was just a lot of just good defensive rotations. Um the Heat kind of pulled a, a Marcus Smart Boston Celtics or Jalen Brown, whichever one of those bastards you want to aim, they can't dribble when it matters. Um, and they had a handful of turnovers uh, kind of in the start of the fourth where it's like, okay, it's a close yeah. game, dribble down, turnover. dribble, And they had back-to-back mm-hmm. turnovers where it's like the Nuggets weren't even playing. Like you just literally lost dribbling the yeah. ball. Trying and, to throw that touchdown pass too. It was like, dude, what are you doing? No, I, he's yeah, covered. You know, just yeah, There's a safety behind him. You know, I know. What do you do it? And, and you force it. Like you, hell, you, you see the same at any level of basketball. You see that where you well, you get greedy. You're oh, we had turnover. Well, I see a guy run down the corner and try and give him the ball. Um, right. But that height really did kick in. And I think to tie this whole thing together, obviously losing Hero did hurt, but. Jimmy Butler was sure. just a worn down guy. Like, I, again, you, you, you made it this far. No, no one can talk shit to you besides Denver. So you can't take back what you did. But I think it was just kind of a worn down factor of this Heat team had one of their better players out. 
Um, Jimmy Butler was a bulldog, Bill Plass, but you could tell he just wasn't quite the same because his legs were probably naturally tired. I don't think he was dinged up injury-wise. Maybe he is. We'll find out later. But he wasn't just quite the same guy he was in the first couple of rounds. And, again, and he Denver could just, only muster it late in the game, even in that win, remember? It's like a yeah, lot yeah. of it was just late, and he's just like, okay, I'm just going to let it all hang out. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and, and again, they're, they're, it's rare to have guys like a LeBron or a Curry who throughout the playoffs can just, like, maintain the effort over and over. And even, oh, hell, LeBron and Curry have off nights, too. But you could just tell that Butler got worn well, out. Well, those, and, they have deeper teams a lot of yes, times, too, that help them. And there. not as much on their shoulders. Completely agreed. So, yeah. Um, hey, again, the Heat, it, it was, I think, a lot of teams. Now, speaking of the Warriors, when they have won their titles, a lot of times when they win that game-clinching game series win, it's a blowout. Miami could have folded, but again, the DNA of that team didn't allow it to happen. They made Denver earn it. But, um, yeah, I'm with you. That, that three that was hit by KCP, that was kind of like the, I don't, man, you're down seven now. And not that it was over after that, the Heat saw their chance, but it's like, oh, yeah. Is, is they that, definitely had a chance, but it I, felt I, that way. But that was kind of like, okay, you're down seven now. Is there too much to come back from, from that point on? Probably so. And, um, yeah, it, it, no, again. But really, said, it wasn't, you know, in reality, it wasn't if they would have just taken care of the ball a little bit better, you know what I mean? I mean, in reality, he lost the game, but it wasn't over, you know what I mean? Like, like you said, Jimmy hit back-to-back threes, he was fouled on that three. Um, some big plays, though, that Murray fade three that he missed, that Brown put, that Bruce Brown put back was super key. I mean, that kind of felt like it, 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 it won the game for him right there. It created that little separation that they needed. And it was Strews that didn't box out again. Just like in the game six versus Celtics, I, was, I saw him like, dude, come on, man. Yeah. Like, you literally, you cost your team that game six, well, for that specific play. But as I watched that play develop after the play was over, Strews, that was his guy again. Like, damn, you didn't have nightmares enough over that? Like, and again, you're right, that was a huge play to – because the Heat were only down one, you don't box out, now you're down three. Like, man, Struis, that dude, yeah, you got to box out. It comes down to the basics. I know they're all pros, but you, you, you get caught ball watching, and then bam, all of a sudden that's easy layup after a, a great defensive possession up to that point, Chris. Yeah, and uh, we talked about that Lowry block, too. He got a, a Porter Jr. with that block. Uh, or not, oh, maybe it was Gordon. I think it was Gordon. Um, Gordon, yeah, yeah. yeah. When you look at, um, you know, down the stretch of that, they didn't need a three right away. Uh, well, first of all, before that, Jimmy goes to the lane, gets stopped, almost is traveling, about to kind of fall over. Should have probably just called a timeout right there instead of throwing that ill-advised pass um, or obviously pass it someplace else. But I just think in that situation it was going to be tough. Maybe you had two timeouts. You probably could have called a timeout. It would have saved, obviously, possession. Right, you know, um, be able to scheme up something. Um, and then, obviously, the turnaround, fa- you know, the turnaround three with someone right in your face, that was rough, too. You would have liked to have seen Jimmy or somebody go to the rack and then get a better-looking three if you're going to take a three or just go to the rack and fall. You had time. Uh, to, to try to draw a fall or to get an easier bucket. And they're probably not going to fall. So a lot of times you do get easier layups than, than you normally, or maybe I should say less difficult, not easy layups. But, you know, a lot of times you do see less difficult uh, free throws 
or not free throws, but, you know, layups or short shots go in because they're just worried about following you. They don't want to follow you. So I thought that um, part of uh, just the whole turnover stuff, like you said, not being able to knock down a shot and get enough help in general. And Jimmy, you know, like you said, worn down. Maybe that ankle was still bothering him a little bit, the combination of it, whatever. He, he just wasn't the same. We said that going into the series. You can kind of tell in the last series. Um, and he only had basically that, that five-minute stuff where he could just go off because that's just Jimmy. Like, no matter what, he's going to do something. So, But overall, um, Denver, you know, well, first of all, Tim Conley, great job over the years for putting that together. Um, so do, do we get like a, a little bit of the championship here in Minnesota? Cause Conley is our new GM. Do we get a little bit or no, no, we don't, we probably don't. Huh? Um, at least we still got like four Laker championships and I know it pisses them off when I say that, but you know, facts are facts. Laker fans, you, you don't have many lakes there. Okay. Let's be honest. It's called the Lakers cause it was in Minneapolis. Okay. That's enough Minnesota ties for for one uh, podcast. Um, But overall, um, you know, a pretty good series. I do say this, though. If if they would have won game five, I really felt like there was a great chance to go game seven, to be honest with you, because then you're at home. You're in another elimination game. They probably would have shot better than they did tonight. Both teams, though. But they also probably would have finally gotten somebody to go for 20 rather than just Jimmy or Bam. Um, so I, I felt like that game six, they probably would have had those 16 threes or something like that, but they weren't able to get it done. Denver now is set up, um, you know, to do some damage over the next couple of years. They got a lot of guys in their prime. Um, they're only going to get a little bit better off the bench. Bruce, be, besides that one game by the Rook, who he went off in that game, Bruce Brown was just a key contributor pretty much all playoffs, uh, including, you know, I think he was double digits in most of these games. He was huge for them off the bench. Then it was more like spot quality minutes by their bench. But overall, um, the two-man punch, the top four, uh, players, like you said, it's hard to measure up with them, and you could probably go to top six now, too. Um, they have now that extra confidence, too, that you get when you win a cha- championship, that they believe they can do it, and it's really just about health now. Um, there are some teams that could give them a run for their money, no doubt. Um, but, yeah, man, it's uh, they're a team in their prime and if you look at the next couple of years, if they're, you know, the next two to three seasons, if they're healthy, it's going to be tough to beat them. No doubt about it. Yeah, I think that obviously Jokic and Murray are still in their prime. Um, you could argue that Jokic and Murray still have a chance to get better. Um, I don't know what I don't know what higher level Jokic needs to achieve at the play, the pace he's at. But I, again, I wouldn't say he's on the downward traje- trajectory. And Murray, obviously, still, again, the the guy. He's, I, I think, he has another window to maybe go move up to of skill. Like, so yes, obviously, if your key players are young and again not in their mid to late thirties, um, you're going to be around again. And I think, obviously, in situations like this, Chris, you're either going to add role players that uh, want to be there just because you've won a title, or maybe the role players you've been establishing and building are going to continue to improve and want to stay there. 
Like, I think in, it's, it's a win-win kind of either way. Like, again, just use Worsk just because I've been a fan of them. Like, they, they had players who developed really well over the years that weren't like Curry or Clay, but they grew as a team because they were playing with a tremendous amount of teammates and you grow naturally. Or guys leave to get bigger paychecks and you bring in veterans who maybe don't want as much money but want to play on a team just to have a chance to ring again. So I think from a bench standpoint, you're only going to improve in, in, in a perfect world theory. And – Malone's probably not going anywhere. As you said, the front office stuck with a guy. He's one of the longest tenured coaches in all, well, hell, in all, probably all of American sports because we're so quick to pull triggers nowadays. So, yeah, the nucleus for that whole team is good. And you got, obviously, the Warriors are older. LeBron is older. Uh, the Suns are, you know, they're, they're just trying to piece it together. Like, this isn't a bad time to kind of have a rhythm going. Um, I'm sure Vegas will probably have, like, the – God, it always seems like it's the Celtics and Clippers' favor to win a title every year. But the Nuggets should be right up there in a top three team to repeat next year or definitely make their uh, self uh, worth mentioning again for an NBA title. Yeah, and if you look at, you know, obviously uh, Porter Jr. and Murray are on maxes, but they're kind of different types of maxes because they weren't all pro. Whereas Jokovic was, you know, obviously the MVP before, and he's been all pro. So, you know, not, I think not this next year, but the year after it'll be up to 50 million. But since neither of those other guys uh, were all pro, you're looking at like 36 and 35, which still is a max deal and all that, but it's, it's a little bit different of a, of a max, uh, especially when the cap's going to go up here. So they have um, everyone back. Uh, as far as, you know, the top-tier glue guys uh, for next season. And, uh, you know, even looking at the season after that, looking at the roster right now, they still have Gordon. They still have Pope. They, well, they have Jokic, Murray, Porter, Gordon, and Pope, and Braun under contract. Not this year, coming year, but the year after. So they're in good shape. Um, so, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see you know, how that uh, all, all goes down. And just a reminder, um, you know, it'll probably be three weeks-ish, maybe three and a half weeks. It all kind of matters what happens at free agency. I still think that Kyrie's going to get LeBron to Dallas. Uh, actually, no, I don't. But, you know, there's going to be some shit that happens. It's like some. it takes a couple of days with the NBA usually, and then all of a sudden it just all pops off. Like I said, if there's some kind of just blow the doors down type of trade that happens, if LeBron night, joins Kyrie in Dallas, <laughs> right? Um, which I spoke. Well, neither of those have like super high picks. So I don't think it would actually happen on draft night. Um, you'd probably be like, a, yeah. Anyway, uh, well, maybe it would because they'd be like, well, no, see, that's not a good draft pick for him. So who knows? But either way, yeah, we'll probably. Be back for for well we're going to be back for a free agent show but it won't be you know until july more than likely um any last words sir before we uh, uh get out of here and try no, I, not to mention the golden state warriors again dude uh, no i was actually looking at uh yeah i was at work today board and i was looking at the uh the best uh college football games of the year to watch in september so uh yeah, before we know it brother before we know it uh, that college football is going to be coming around pretty soon. 
The and, thing uh, is, I live in Minnesota. You got to remember that, okay? So let's not fucking let it's summertime, okay? Let's not okay. talk about right. football for Christ's sakes. But no, you're right. It is true. It's like 90. I saw it on Twitter today. It's like 89 games days or some shit. I'm just getting excited because the whole world seems to love Deion Sanders in Colorado and USC's got him like September 30th. So it's all right. Game on. Game on. So I've got in Alabama, Texas. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a fun one. It's going to be a fun one. So we will be doing college football. If you only listen, if, if you just started listening to us with this NBA playoff podcast show, we do college football. We transition into college basketball in March Madness, which is heaven. And then we transition NBA playoffs. We're kind of like an eight month out of the year podcast. So again, if you if you just start listening to us for yeah, NBA, like we nine, appreciate it. Really? Yeah. So, but we are we are a multi tiered sport podcast crew. So, That's called yeah, the so. College Ball Show, by the way, where we go football, then after the national championship basketball, like he was talking. About. So yes, but until then, hey, again, hats off to the Nuggets. Um, even though they were not the media love of the country this year. They got the rings, and that's all that matters. So well, they're they coming back party. with the target on their back now. That's for sure. Yes, and the West will be the the West thing and be easy next year again. We know that. So it was a great NBA playoffs. It had a lot of fun, um, and we will be having a free agent show like we always do because NBA they love breaking news in the summer. They've, they've pretty much done that for the past five years, and we'll be ready to talk about it when it occurs and the drafts come soon and. God, I can't wait to see how good Win Binyama is. That guy's going to be a freak. So until then, enjoy the weather. Enjoy some margaritas. Get some golf rounds in. The boys are out tonight. We appreciate the support. Peace.